What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by our current sponsor, EmpiricalDesigns.net. We work with Nick all the time. He designed the podcast logos. He does a lot of our art, and he works with us. Uh, He's absolutely great. You can go on his website, EmpiricalDesigns.net, and check out all his branding. And uh, if you get need any design work, please hit Nick up. On top of that, our Patreon subscribers could not be here without you. Got stickers coming your way pretty soon. Uh, those are going out uh, in the coming weeks. Go finishing them up now. So uh, big show today. Seasons. Whoa, so close. Well, how is it so close? I don't understand. All right, let's get this podcast going. Hey, oh, whatever, fuck it, I'm keeping it. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. 100% on you. You can't mention Vandal and then go into the intro. I know. I, I, I did give us a countdown, though. I did. But I, 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 we're like, I care. I don't care. Dude, it's the preseason. Hockey's finally here. Some stuff has happened, but yet I still feel like we have nothing to talk about. But today we'll be doing a Flyers preview, an Islanders preview, and we have Rebecca Russo, Russo of the Riveters uh, fame to come on and talk to us. But what for first things first, let's talk about the New York Rangers and kind of our giveaway, giveaway, our takeaways, or, sure. gi- or giveaways. We're giving this away. Uh, uh, well, let's the go over the unanimous stuff first, right? The stuff that we all kind of agree on. Yeah, so let, let's touch on the number one thing for me personally. Uh, and is this it is Pavel Buchnevich just being a beast? Uh, yeah, it is, Greg. How did you know I was going to say that? <laughs> it's it's so funny. It, it's Buchnevich it's season. It, everything's coming up Buchnevich. I, it, I don't know if he's been the best Ranger in preseason so far. I think he's been the most notable. And part of that, I will admit, is self-inflicted, right? Because all of us are eyeballing Booch being like, A.V.'s gone. This is his time. Let's see him explode. And yes, it's preseason, but dude is exploding. But not only is dude exploding, he looks better on the ice. You could tell on the bench, in general, he's got a better attitude. Just from he the looks couple- like he's having fun. Yeah, he's like, oh, wait, I can fuck up just like once and I won't be benched or put on the fourth line. Like, I'm allowed to make some mistakes because I'm still a young hockey player in the NHL. And I'm about to hit my prime and be able to 
be a number one contributor on this team. I'm expecting big things from Bucetevich this year. I don't know if he'll be a star, but he might be the second or first best player on this team outside of Lundqvist. Shouts to our boy Rick Carpinello, who had a great sit-down interview with Booch, where Booch was basically saying, look, it was frustrating playing for a coach where if you messed up, you were worried about your playtime. So you're focusing not on succeeding, but simply on not messing up. And I, I, I don't think it takes a sports psychologist to see that it had a dramatic impact on Pavel Buchnevich and his play. And I, I think simply having a different voice in the locker room is going to help him arguably more than any other player on the roster. And we're seeing it early, and it's great. Uh, so he's he's unanimous player number one. We agree with that. Well, yeah, and I want to take a, a weird side road here because I still think about the Ottawa series where Buchnevich was benched, and I know his back was hurt and he had some issues, but he's a hockey player, and I still think he could have played over Tanner. And it still bothers me to this day where, when I see the talent that guy has that we just misused him for this long. And I'm just so excited that the day is here where he could be a number one top contributor on my team. And I, I he's... I'm in love with him. I really am. I love his game. I love his smile. I love the way he plays. And I'm just ready to be full in. And still the saddest part of the Ottawa series is even with Buchnevich on the bench, the Rangers should have won in five. Oh, absolutely. Not even a question. Uh, um, number two. That's unanimous number one. Of the youngins, and most of the youngins have looked good, I don't think any have looked better than Filipino. It's hard to argue that in any way mostly and that because is, that's not a knock on leas anderson at all because no. he's going to be number three it, like he and anderson are what are two and three in terms of this guy has blown my fucking socks off so far this preseason and Heedle, uh the one thing that's really impressed me so far in in the the time i've seen him on the ice is, is really his defensive presence and that's what he's gonna you know of course he's got the offensive upside we knew that right he's a pure scorer but to be able to defend at the NHL level and 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 get back and know your assignments is going to be the next step for him and it looks like he's already taking that to the next level the line from Quinn that opened my eyes the most and again it's preseason we're talking about this guy playing like three games so far but Quinn said as the game goes along he just doesn't tire and yes part of that is he's 19 years old he should have plenty of fucking energy at the same time he's playing fucking NHL level hockey against NHL level players. And they're going to hit you and ride you for 20 minutes a night. And Hedo is like, no, this is fine, man. I'm good. So that's great to see. And then Leas, Leas has been, Leas, Hedo has lived up to my extremely high expectations. Uh, Leas has surpassed what I thought were pretty modest expectations. I'm now at a point where I don't know how the Rangers break camp without Anderson on the roster. Well, I I think that's, Definitely the case. I mean, Anderson. Right. It was, it was, they were likely going to do it anyway, but he's put them in a position where he's done everything he needed to do, right? It was on Leas to tell the Rangers, you need to take me to New York on opening night. And he's done that. I, I do not foresee a situation where the Rangers can say, we have four centers better than Leas Anderson right now. No, not at all. And Anderson, I, the, the weird part about this is that he's going to probably have to play fourth line minutes. And I just, I don't feel comfortable with that. But I'm not sure how we do it otherwise. Well, here's the, th- here's the thing. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, just because Leah Anderson is listed as the quote-unquote fourth-line center doesn't mean he has to play fourth-line minutes. No. The min- there's, there's nothing that says We're in a whole Philip Hedl. Yeah. The, the Rangers can just – they can play a top line of Kreider, Zibanejad, Buchnevich, and then the other three lines can just play equal minutes. And you basically have 2A, 2B, 2C. There, there's no law that says – Leah Anderson's on the fourth line. That means he's only going to play nine minutes a night. That, that's, that's not how the NHL works. 
a head coach can play any line, any amount of minutes on any night. And maybe one night, Heedle's line is getting 15 minutes and Anderson gets 10. But the very next night, Anderson's line comes out, they get 14 minutes, and Heedle only gets 11. I wouldn't mind it's, if, it's even, if they, even if they switched up the lines. I, I, I'm excited to see what Quinn does with this team. The best thing about Quinn in the preseason has been he actually coached on the ice. You know, how often did you see A.V. actually talk to the team himself during the games? Not really often, right? Like, get, Hard to understand it when he's chewing that much gum. That too, just a huge mouthful of gum and uh, tough to understand. But ha- watching Quinn lean over and talk to the players like was really refreshing. It felt good. I was like, wow, this guy actually cares about what's going on and is coaching them up in the preseason. And uh, he was a little harder than the guys, but I, I think he wants to install a system and, and say, hey, listen, like we're going to play the, the way I want to play hockey and that's it. And I'm going to give you a chance, no matter who you are, to prove what your talent is for this team. Now, unfortunately, I don't think that plays for Neil Pionk. Because I think Pionk is um, is heading down to the AHL no matter what happens in the situation, as we've discussed. But I- uh, let's we'll get we'll get to we'll get to Pionk in a second because I got one more unanimous to talk about. Then two of the guys that you and I have apparently stand for, and then we have to talk about Pionk and Jimmy VC. Uh, but first, the fourth guy, I don't know about you. It is really refreshing to see David Quinn being like, hey, Chris Kreider, you want to be a leader on this team? I'm going to play you in every fucking situation. Yeah, you want to be a weapon? Because that's what we're going to use you as. Yeah, we're putting you on the penalty kill because you know what? You have insane speed. Well, it's phenomenal. Uh, oh, well, who knew? Why were we doing this for years? Well, I, well, Craig, do you want the answer? <laughs> oh, I know the answer. <laughs> it's, it's because I, I just think we played that coach – who I won't name, A.V., I named him, whatever, uh, totally had favorites. And he was only playing his favorites during his time here. I, and I think that was clear. It, I, I'm not sure he, I, if he ever really liked Pavel Bustavich or Chris Kreider. <laughs> I, I, I think he did like Kreider because Kreider was always on the top line. I just, I honestly think Elaine Vigneault looked at Chris Kreider's game and said, I don't think that's going to work on the penalty kill. And I just don't think he could have been more wrong. It's What about Chris Kreider's game doesn't say it could work on the penalty kill? It's no, absolutely nothing. He has the speed, right? He has yeah, the size. It's, it's the same. It's the same shit. Where it's the same coach that said Kevin Hayes wasn't going to work on the power play. Oh, and right. then lo and behold, you play Kevin Hayes on the power play for two months, and you're like, holy shit, he's good on the power play. Wait, yeah, a, no shit, guy. Wait a second, he's a big moving puck mover. Whoa, holy who knew? Shit. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I just think I just think Elaine Vigneault sucked at evaluating talent, and that's why I, I'm. We're getting this all out now because this shit stops when the regular season starts, right? Yeah. I'm, when the regular season starts, we're only going to talk about David Quinn and evaluate how David Quinn is managing this team. No, I. But it is, it is insane. It can't even help it. But it, it, well, it's just insane because we're seeing a different coach use the exact same roster in a completely different way, and it. it Elaine Vigneault sucked at evaluating talent. I don't know how much more clear I could be about that. And I the just, fact that Elaine Vigneault didn't think about using Chris Kreider on the penalty kill is some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And I know uh, we have an interview later with Duffy, and we talk about how we're going to be the two worst teams in the Metro, but I still have this weird hope and, like, not hope, but a feeling that this team could over, over uh, not overqualify, but they could really go above what they're expected. I think they couldn't – maybe they could be the sixth or fifth place team in the Metro. Not that that matters, and it's probably better to be the seventh. But the talent on this team isn't nothing. The team has talent. It really could this go team, another way. This team's going to score goals. This team's problem is they're going to struggle at – unless Hank has a season like he did last year. team's going to struggle when it comes to preventing goals. And that's just the way it is. That's This team needs to identify which defensive pieces are going to work in the long term. And the only way to do that is by playing them. Uh, and that's going to bring us to our two standboys. I don't know how this exactly happened, Ryan, 
Yeah, what what, ha- did, what did we do wrong here? I, I no, not what did we do wrong. I just how did it get to the point where you became Brandon Smith's biggest cheerleader and I became the Tony D'Angelo guy? Yeah, it's so weird because I I look around Rangers Twitter and it was just I I felt like I was on an island alone with this Brandon Smith thing where I was like, hey. Guys, Brandon Smith's an NHL player who obviously had a down year. Management totally hated him. And it seems like from everything you can – listen, the Rangers are, are closed lips, and even their social media are, is pretty is pretty down. But you can see Brandon Smith is at every single event with all the guys. He's there getting involved, getting reps. He lost a bunch of weight. I know it's how I know that's how that works with the offseason. But it looks like he took everything seriously. And, and, and really, I'm ready for Brandon Smith's redemption train, and I'm full riding it. And I hope everyone could join me because – the fight he put up and the the way he's defending his teammates and he, the way he's actually caring. I saw more fight out of him in a preseason than I saw all of last year. And I'm just ready for a new year. And I was stunned that I felt like I was on an island just saying, guys, Tony D'Angelo needs to make this Rangers team out of camp. It just makes the most sense for this team long term. You have to see what you have with him at the NHL level. That I didn't think that was such a hot button opinion, but apparently I was one of the few people that thought that. And both our boys have looked good, Ryan. Oh, I we've been validated, and I'm ready to be sad when it doesn't work out for either of us. Oh yeah, no, we are set up for fail. Yeah, like uh, it's it's very Patrick Mahomes of us. Wait, <laughs> when, oh, <laughs> no, I'm 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 patiently waiting. Mahomes is going to suck by week sixteen. You'll never. I'm going to be vindicated. You will never live that takedown. Fine, but I was fucking right about Mitch Trubisky. I don't want to hear anything about I, it. Well, that makes two of us, but I was I was not firmly on the Mahomes train, but I wasn't against him either, just for record. No, he, he blows. You'll see. You're it's, crazy. It's only a matter of time. You're insane. It's only a matter of time. Right. I lost the bet to our friend Vinny uh, this weekend playing golf. I had one of the worst golf outings of my life. And uh, we have a under $10 pro, uh, pro clubhouse bet where you have to buy someone something in the clubhouse for less than $10. Yes. Then chose a magnetic Chiefs poker chip slash ball marker. That's pretty cool. For the Mahomes, bro. <laughs> um, it's okay because I won twice earlier this year. I have a Mets and Rangers one. Let, yeah, that's because that's where you were. Anyway, doing. let's talk this, about. This, well, this natural transition goes to Pionk. Mm-hmm. This is this is simple, guys. And I we talked about this on Monday a little bit. And it, it, it looks like it's becoming reality. Uh, we You and I talk about this a lot when it comes to baseball. And the, it's two words that nobody likes to use, but it's a part of sports and we just have to get used to it. Roster manipulation. Yep. That's all Neil Pionk going to um, Hartford is. Yeah, I think the Rangers actually really like Neil Pionk. From I, I think they do. I think I don't see it as a demotion. I don't see it as uh, an indictment of his play. I see it as purely the Rangers want to see if Brandon Smith and Tony D'Angelo can swim at the NHL level. They obviously like something about Adam McQuaid and I think McQuaid will be in the opening night lineup. Dude, they gave McQuaid an A. In the, in the, I, in the part of that is there just weren't veterans playing that night. I'm aware, like, but I was like, whoa. You know, yeah, like, hey, it, well, you just showed up. You got an A already? <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really, really think it's just the Rangers want D'Angelo and Smith starting on opening night. They want Adam McQuaid in the lineup. They can keep Freddie Clayson on as the seventh defenseman. Of those four guys, the only guy they can send down is Neil Pionk. And it's simple Pionk as that, guys. Like, they, they like him. He'll be back up this they, season. They Don't worry. I, I think it's going to be hugely beneficial for Pionk to play with one of Ryan Lindgren, Lindgren or Lieber Hayek. And I think that's not just great for Hartford, who I think is going to be sneaky good this year, but that's great for both Hayek and Lindgren that they're going to get to play this season at least the first maybe 20 games of the season with a bona fide NHL defenseman. 
And I think that's going to do wonders for their development. What happens with this team? Like it starts off and they're like seven and three. I, I don't think anything changes. I really don't. I, I think, first of all, this team starts off seven and three. A large reason why this team starts off seven and three is because Henrik Lundqvist. And one, Henrik Lundqvist, and two, guys like Philip Heedle, Tony D'Angelo, Leah Sanderson, Brendan Smith, they're exceeding expectations. Brady Shea. D'Angelo has been, you know, I, I've really liked what I've seen from him in the preseason. He's been a dynamic puck moving defenseman. Yes, he's going to have struggles in his own defensive zone. And yeah, that is a large portion of what a good NHL defenseman should be doing. Hey, not struggling in his own defensive zone. You want you want to do a Francesa real quick? Dog. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Thursday, October fourth, the Predator, yeah. the Predators versus the Rangers opener. That's a loss. Okay, that's a loss. Just gonna. I, that, that dog, that, <laughs> dog. Let me tell you, they're that, a standing cup contender. I don't know. I don't know. See how they win. That's a loss. Yeah, Saturday, I, 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 I agree with you, dog. Saturday, October 6th, Rangers at Sabres. That's a win. Uh, Mike, Mike, uh, yeah, you might be onto something here, Mike. That's 0-2. <laughs> We're not off to a great start. No, 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 no. That's We're 1-1. One one. That's a win. Oh, okay. Never We're mind. Gonna win. We're going to win. I'm Chris Matt Douglas, so We're, I don't know anything. We're going to win. We're going to win. And then stop doing, the, stop doing the accent. Let's keep going. Um, Mike, I got to tell you, nobody cares about hockey. That's true. Uh, then we have, we're going to Carolina the next day to face the Canes. That's a win. We're 2-1. Yeah. No, uh, oh, yeah, we do own the Canes. We're 2-1. and one. Then okay. things get a little tough for the kids. So now we're okay. Here we go. Sharks, uh, ten eleven. Okay, we lost that game twice. Keep going. Oilers, ten thirteen. Uh, that could be a win. At, Oilers home, at home, could do that. So now we're three and three, right? Uh, and that that's the that's a meetup game. Yep, I won't be there. Sorry, guys. Uh, then Octo- October sixteenth, we'll do this for a couple couple more, and then we'll stop because now we're three and three. Uh, the Avalanche are coming to the uh, MSG ten sixteen. That's a fat oh, loss. Oh, three and four. Keep going. Yep, then that's the, a loss. Then the Rangers go. The uh, Rangers go to the Capitals. That's three and five. Then yep. the we go to the Flames, and then the Panthers. The uh, Flames. I'm Panthers sorry, both. you said we're starting seven and three. No, we're not. Uh, that's why I did this because <laughs> I was looking and I was like, we are definitely starting three and seven. That's what I meant. We might start three and three, and then uh, yeah, no, then we're losing four games. Yeah, a little dyslexia from the kid over here, but three there and seven go. seems like we're gonna start. So proud of you, buddy. Proud of you. Right. Yeah, no, it, it's fine. Um, and that brings us to the last guy we need to really talk about before we went on that schedule rant. Jimmy Vesa just hasn't been good, man. Like straight up. He just hasn't been good. Do you think it's just like because he's getting he's got too much money now? He got his two year deal. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it's 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 going to be interesting because I think we signed him longer to see if what we the value we can get and what is Jimmy VC? Honestly, I I don't I honestly again Jimmy VC is a guy that gets a two year contract because you were going to have his rights for two years anyway. So what does it matter if you give him a one year deal and you waive him? It's no different than giving him a two year deal and you trade him. Uh People were wondering if Jimmy Vesey was going to be one of the guys low-key to benefit from playing in David Quinn's system. Uh, Obviously, Boston guy, familiarity. Quinn, we've seen him already get more out of guys that just weren't succeeding under Elaine Vigneault. I just think think people have unrealistic expectations about what Jimmy Vesey could be as a hockey player. I just think he's a bottom six forward. I don't think there's a big difference between VC and a guy like Brandon Peary. Uh, yeah, they're, you mentioned that basic, the other day, but Peary's like mostly out of the league at this point. Yeah, but they're guys who basically do this. Peary honestly is a little bit more of a dynamic skater, but at the end of the day, their stat lines look the same. They're guys who can score 15 goals in the NHL and really not do anything else for you. I just and look, there's, I'm not there's sure some what... va- there's some value in that. You don't mind having that guy as a third or fourth line forward who can occasionally step up if there's an injury, but at the same time. 
it's not a guy you're building around. It just that, feels like a, BC gets really hot, plays really well, but then he just totally disappears. For he's a very uh, streaky player. It really sounds like you're describing Brandon Peary right now. Uh, I really think it's almost a one to one comparison. Those two guys. I, I'm going to give VC the the nod on that one, um, and and hope that he can develop a, a new sort of sort of game. And this preseason has just been. I don't want to dig too deep into the preseason, but you you are correct. He, it has been. Uh, a little tough for him. I'm not. I'm not sure why you give VC the nod. Peary has at least posted a 20 well, goal season. Well, here's the deal. I, as you know, I thought VC was not bound for this world anymore. I thought he would never be a Ranger come this October, and we just resigned everyone. That was exactly what we did. If if we're going to rate these players based off their preseason performances, Jimmy VC is a lot closer to being an extra forward on this team than he is to be a lock to be in the lineup on every night. There's no he way just has, he's going to he be in the lineup has, every night. Well, there's no reason not to put him in the lineup right now, but I'm just saying, if a winger starts playing well in Hartford, Jimmy VC is not a guy you need in the lineup every night. He just hasn't, he's never, he has yet to play like that, and he's not exactly young. No, this guy is not. what, a year younger than Kevin Hayes? Yeah, he's not. He's well, not young. At some point, you just have to accept what Jimmy VC is. And we talked about this over the summer. I think anyone that's expecting him to be anything more than a goal scoring bottom six winger. You're expecting too much. And even goal. And when I say goal scoring, I mean 15 is around what you should expect from Jimmy VC. If you're expecting this guy to blossom into a 20, 25 goal scorer, you're going about this all wrong. That's not who he is. That's not what his game will allow him to be. He's Jimmy VC is a guy. He's a guy that a contender might want on their fourth line, but in all real, all realism, I think, I think a contender would look at Jimmy VC and be like, you know what? I can find a guy for $1 million cheaper that'll do the exact same thing. Remember when Nashville wanted him on the top six? You know what the sad thing is? It probably would have worked for Nashville, too. Yeah, it feels like it would have worked out. I don't know why. It's, it's Nashville, man. Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's end the Rangers segment. We'll go over to our Flyers preview, and then we'll throw it to Duffy. How does that sound? That sounds great. Okay, transition. Hey, Greg. What the fuck is that what mascot, What the Ryan? fuck is that mascot, dude? I don't understand. I saw it. I, I am mind blown by who was the Sesame Street creator on LSD who said, you know what? This thing is going to be think that's, fucking You awesome. think that's LSD? I thought that was meth. Yeah, that's. I, I saw it. I was like, that's a nightmare, first off. And then second off, I, I thought immediately, the Rangers made a very smart marketing idea this summer by having Ranger, a cute, adorable golden retriever who is a good pup, and everyone loves be their mascot, and we talked about it on this podcast. And then, not only did the the Flyers make the weird, I can't even describe cousin of the Philadelphia whatever. It, it looks it looks more like Yuppie than it does the Philly fanatic. It does, and on top of that, his eyes scream crazed, and his name why, is great. Why does it have Ryan? Ryan, why does it have googly eyes? I don't know. Why does why does that why does that that mistake of a creation have googly eyes. It's it's a, a thing of absolute nightmares. And and this is what's so crazy to me. They named it Gritty, which is the worst name ever. Because yep. But I, I, I gotta give them some sort of credit here, right? Why? Why and, why do and, you have and to? here's why. Not only is, are we talking about this, but everyone on Twitter was talking about this today. Like, no, sure, no matter what, not positively, no one said a nice thing, but sometimes attention, no matter what it is, is some sort of attention. And if it brings the attention to the, the sport of hockey, I'm cool with it. They purposely, I think, I think they, they did this knowing it was, it was terrible. They knew how bad it was, 
they knew naming it Gritty was terrible. No one, you can't look at this and be like, guys, this is actually a good idea. There's no way that happened. Who do you market that thing to? Drug addicts? I mean, I know it's Philadelphia, so you got plenty of them. I think it's it's weird, and you're going to look back at it in 10 years if you're a Flyers fan and go, remember that? That's ridiculous, and I'm glad we did it. I have a question for you, Ryan. With the exception of, like, six mascots, why are mascots a thing in 2018? I think mascots are, are, there are some legendary mascots, one being from the Mets. Yeah, I I said, I'll give you six, all right? Uh, Mr. Met, Philly Fanatic. Yep, both those are, are necessary. I don't uh, think there's a single hockey one that's necessary. I, 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 I would agree. I don't think there's a single NFL one that I can name that I would. Uh, does the terrible towel the, count? The, the, Chicago, the Chicago Bull, I think, is necessary. The Chicago Bull is good. The Toronto Raptor is good. The Denver, the, the Mountain Lion is pretty good. Yeah, I think we're, we're pretty running out right now, right? Yeah. It's the- Why are mascots a thing in 2018? I don't know. Who is going to the arena being like, honey, what are we going to do with our seven-year-old kid? Uh, I know. Let's go introduce him to the methed out fuckhead. The more I think about this though, and I'm going to take another stance here. The more I think about it, the more I like it. If the Rangers did something like this, I would be all in. I would be like, I would be like, I cannot believe the Rangers took this risk. It's absolutely terrible. And because it's so terrible, I love it. The fact that you have that opinion, if the Rangers ever did this, I would stop podcasting with you. No. And that is not a that is not a a a threat. That's a fucking promise. <laughs> if the Rangers ever get a mascot and you're like, Greg, I love this mascot, I'd be like, Ryan, congratulations. This is our final episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway. It's uh, well, good news. We never have to worry about that because the Rangers would never do something like that. Oh my god! If this is this Mahomes in my face, and by January the Rangers have a mascot, we're gonna have to stop podcasting. No, it's <laughs> that's never happening. And the whole thing in general, though, I I kind of I'm over the moon about it a little bit. The more no. I think about it, shut the fuck up. It's just a, it's a great up. marketing point, Ryan, dude. I'm Ryan, looking at it from a Ryan, business standpoint. You're not looking Ryan, at it like that. It's Ryan, strong, Greg. I'm listening to you. It's, Ryan, it, yes. Shut the fuck up. No way, because the more, shut. It's bringing eyes to hockey, and that's what matters. Up. And it'll be fun to look back at in five years. But for right Shut now, it is absolutely Shut terrifying. Up. It's so terrifying. All right, that's that's our Flyers preview. You want to hear it? What talk, want to talk about the team? Uh, <laughs> fuck them. Yeah, cool. Let's go over to Duffy, and then we'll come back with some quick nonsense. Duffy and uh, Rebecca Ruscio, the Riveters. Here we go. Five four transition. We're back with our Islanders preview. We have our our good friend and recurring guest, fifth, fourth, seventh, twelfth time on James Duffy. What's up, man? Guys, thanks for having me on for the fourth, fifth, seventh, or twelfth time. It's uh, listen, it's a pleasure as always because you know what? A lot's always happening in Islander Nation. What do you call it? <laughs> uh, yeah, Isles Nation, Islander Nation, the seventh layer of hell. We have a couple names for it. Yeah, because like we just go with Rangers Town, but I actually that's a really good question because I have, I have no idea what people call themselves as Islander fans. You guys are more like Rangers Borough, right? Because we have we have Brooklyn and the Island, and you guys only have Manhattan when it's you really cu- think about it. Quick so. question: Do you yeah. really have Brooklyn? <laughs> We don't have Brooklyn, the island, or Belmont. We yeah. have. Uh, you really can't have like a you know you can't have one foot on the dock, one foot in the boat, and one foot wherever the fuck else because they have three oh. feet right now. Also, let's let's have the serious talk. Though when people say New York City, they think of Manhattan, so that's really all that matters. Eh, well, you know it is five boroughs that are technically all equal. You know, so. Uh, Duff, so are you the only person in the history of the United States of America that when someone says New York City, you're like, oh, you mean Staten Island? All the time, absolutely. Actually, I normally default to. Uh, 
the Bronx and then Queens and then Staten Island and then Brooklyn and then go, oh, oh, the one in the oh, middle. Oh, okay. yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. building one. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I, I am a firm believer of when someone says you're going to the city, the immediate thought is you're going to Manhattan. Chicago? No. No, fuck Chicago. no one calls <laughs> Chicago the city unless you're like right next to Chicago. Well, it's just a way to shorten the windy city to the city, right? That's you know, it makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense. Let's think about very it. Very dumb. Uh, I disagree completely, and this <laughs> it, uh, it makes perfect sense that this is coming from you, an Islanders fan. Absolutely. So, uh, anything good happened today, James? Well, something happened today. Good is a subjective term. So, so I, let's, I don't know let's start with let's start with uh, I mean, uh, Hosang, who got set down to the AHL yet once again. Yeah, so uh, really, I think Hosang, fifth time he's come to camp and fifth time he's not made the team out of camp. Same with Michael Dal Cole, who was actually drafted 23 picks earlier that same draft, but he's what a bust that pick was. Um, Hosang, again, couldn't make the team. I, I'm sure there are reasons. Like, I'm not going to really doubt kind of decision making processes for the most part uh, with Lou and Trotz. Actually, oh, I, just... I disagree. I think you can because Lou told you his reason, exactly. and it's the worst reason I've ever heard of in my entire life. Exactly. Lou told us three weeks ago, hey, Joshua saying clean slate, fresh as a whistle, this kid, blank white slate today. Uh, well, there were issues that I did not see. I, I have not seen per- per- personally, but I've heard about from the past that he's got to work out. So he's going back to Bridgeport. So kind of the exact opposite of a clean slate when you really think about it. But whatever. I think the most damning thing is Lou basically saying we don't have room for Ho saying we have to play Komarov, Martin. Clutter oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like he he didn't hide the, the truth at all. Normally, we'd kind of get some kind of bullshit from Garth Snow about how certain guys earned it and certain guys didn't. Lou almost essentially told us straightforward. Kiefer Bellows and Josh Hosang are better than the players that we have, but we have certain guys signed to NHL contracts. So we're going to play them first. And, and I, I think it's more egregious with Bellows, who I know is younger, but he looked very, very good in the preseason. With Andrew Ladd currently hurt, there's a left wing spot wide open for him as well as some power play time. Um, and they decided to send him down. You know, it's in the grand scheme of things, he'll probably be up by like the, fifth, the 40th game of the season. But it is very frustrating to see Lemarillo literally tell us, hey, he's better, but we're not paying him as much money and we didn't sign him to be here. So he's not going to be here yet. I get it, though. You're a team going through a rebuild. And when a team's going through a rebuild, you have to. To play the veterans. Any, anytime you can play the veterans over the kids when you're rebuilding, you gotta do it. It's I mean, a- look, if you're if you're gonna give me Tom Kuhnhockel on the third line instead of Kiefer Bellows, you just you, you can't pass that up. It's too good. You can't do it, man. Can't do it. And to make matters worse, at least the defense is getting better. Lucas Pisa, come on down. Lucas Pisa. Oof. Ah. Uh, uh, oh man. At least I get, to, I get to make a lot of jokes about Italy this season because of him now, so at least I have that in my arsenal. It's, it is funny. I remember the day he was brought in on the PTO, I think you and I had an exchange being like, well, at least it's just a PTO. Right. And now it's not a PTO anymore. Well, it's, it, it, it's, like, now. it's like 1.5 of PTO. And, and now when I looked at it at the PTO, I said, you know, that's, that's concerning because they wouldn't bring him on a PTO if they didn't actually think that he was good. And if they think that he's good, it means there's a good chance they're going to sign him. And if they sign him, it means there's a pretty decent chance that he gets a spot over Devin Taze, who really should be in the NHL by now. And so far, we're, we're getting pretty close to the prophecy fulfilling itself. Uh, Lucas Biza is just not a good NHL player. And a lot of the kind of the discussion today among Islander fans was, all right, well, who cares? He's 
best case scenario, you know, he's your eighth defenseman, might be your seventh, might have to come in for injuries in a few games, right? Whatever. Who really cares? But personally, and I know this is a groundbreaking concept, so anybody listening, just kind of hold on to your hats, strap down to your chairs. I would rather the team that I root for have good players instead of bad players, oh regardless Whoa. of their role. Jeez. I know, I know. It's Hold a, I it's think a, we have to take some time here to just, just say how brave you are. Digest that one. Break I know. Real quick. You are brave. Okay, this podcast is sponsored by... Okay, keep going. <laughs> uh, I'll put an ad in. The, the funny thing about Spiza is, all right, you brought him in on a PTO, so all you have to do is really give him the vet minimum contract if you want to roster him. And lose like, <laughs> you know what? I'm sitting on $10 million in cap space. What's another one and a half? Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things that who really cares because it's not like they need the space. It's not like they're suddenly going to bring in a $9 million player between now and October 4th that like, oh, well, shit, this Spisa contract is going to be the holdup on that deal. It just is – it's just dumb, right? It's kind of pointless. It, they they ended up in a lot of cases this offseason paying guys way more or in the case of maybe like a Ross Johnson or a Leo Komarov, giving guys more money or more term than they really are worth. For no reason. There's no goddamn bidding war for Luca Spiza a week and a half before the season starts. Why are you paying a million and a half when you could have given him half of that? I love it so much. I'm having so much fun. Uh, oh, are, we, are we having fun, guys? We're having, having fun, right? We're having a great time. Well, we're going to have uh, a similar gonna, season, so. We're not going to get into the Tavares nonsense. We've already had an entire podcast. Yeah, we're not going to talk no about how the again. captain left. You got nothing in return and the pajamas <laughs> or any of that. I don't want to bring all that up. The, yeah, I'm, re- the, I'm really glad we didn't talk about it. Thanks, guys. The, really thing, glad. the thing I do want to know, because it's lingering out there, even though it's not really lingering out there, do Islanders fans really think they have a chance for Artemi Panarin? Uh, Artemi Panarin thinks that, that they have a chance for him, so Whoa. I don't know, man. Does he? Five teams on a list, and they're one of them. I'm just saying. Is, it, is this kind of like a Jimmy Butler listed the Nets as well as the Knicks and Clippers situation? Yeah, though? he was like, and the Nets, I guess. It's, it's kind of like that, but it also is for me, I can't remember a time in the last 15 years of my kind of like decent hockey memory where the either a player put out a, not just a no trade list, a player put out a list of teams that he wants to be traded to and the Islanders were on it. The only list I've seen them on are exclusive like 10 team no trade lists. <laughs> so that alone, like that's awesome to see. I, I They're not going to get them because... I don't think it's a move that Lou's going to make right now for this team. There's too much assets to have to give up for a rental that's just going to sign with the Rangers next summer, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to be on a list. You know, it's uh, it's like when you go to a club and you're on the VIP list for like one time in your entire 20s and you're like, oh, that was sick. It's just nice to be recognized. Absolutely. Just hey, like, thanks for coming out, Islanders. You guys are near a cool city. Get, make a, make your best Panarin Come to the Islanders pitch right now. What do you got? Uh, hey, bread man. We have the best bread in the world on Long Island. So, <laughs> Oh, you know what? He's right. Hey, oh, hey, oh. That's got to be it. Bread man for bagels. Bagels for bread man. We do that for Tavares. We'll do it for Panarin now, too. Oh, so, <laughs> I mean, if it's worked before, it might as well work again, right? We're, we're, we're one for one on bagels as far as I can remember. It worked last time. And Panarin, if you're listening to this, Uber Eats, we'll cover it. We'll get you all the bagels you need. And we know, we know he's listening. We know he's listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've broken a lot of Panera news on this podcast. He's our guy. Oh, oh yeah? Well, like what? Like other than the fact that you guys love him and want him on the team? Well, actually, no, we, we actually yeah, broke I, I know this is going to blow your fucking mind. You guys are idiots and don't do anything. We actually broke that story. That was yeah. Really? Yeah, that yeah was... we had we had Portsline on the podcast and he said oh, two okay, weeks, yeah, two yeah, weeks yeah, before yeah. he wrote his article, 
he said that where it is he wanted to come to the Rangers. I do remember that actually, and but I, I remember what, seeing it like all about Portsline, but not really about you guys. But it was it happened here, you know, like in this, it's a safe space. Like we're right, right, because like, you know, there's 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 a section of the Rangers that's like alt right Rangers, and then there's safe space Rangers, and that's us. Well, alt right Rangers is, is just fits, right? That's it's that's just, the entire. Well, that's I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to say it. That's yeah, uh, the entire alt right. Sorry to, to yeah. put him on to, to dox him like that. Woj's burner account is just straight all right. So yeah. Yeah. he's he's more he's more right wing. We're more left wing. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, like, hashtag doxed. So we're just looking for our center. Is what I'm saying. That's really where we're going with. Well, you have uh, you have NYC the mix. So well, that was a terrible <laughs> joke, but yeah, I agree. He's he centers both of us. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, Duffs. Let, let's let's get into the more traditional season preview type talk. Uh, is there a move the Islanders made this offseason that you actually liked? Like, is there is there a low-key move that us Ranger fans haven't made fun of that you think is actually going to work out in the long run? Yeah, I think signing Robin Leonard, a uh, one-year deal, a prove-me contract for a guy that, you know, theoretically could have his whole career ahead of him if he plays well this year. But on, on the flip side, if he flames out this year, he could be kind of on the outsides of the NHL looking in. So I think – Leonard is a guy with a lot to prove. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but his article in The Athletic about his struggles with, uh, with, with oh, mental health. And, and, fantastic. And incredible. And it, you know, it, makes, uh, it makes him a guy that you want to root for all, all the more. Um, you know, he himself said that when he was, was feeling good and feeling sober, he played well. And now he's going to have a, a good support system from his time at Buffalo and with the Islanders behind him. And he's going to be clean for a whole year. You hope that means he's going to have a good season. His head's going to be in a good place, and he can be, a, you know, secondarily a, a good contributor to the team, but primarily kind of in a really good spot in his life. Um, so I, I think a lot goes into making Leonard look like a pretty good signing, and again, a, a guy that I think fans are going to have a really, really easy time rooting for. What's up? I know there are like oh, sorry, Ryan, you can go for it. Uh, what are your expectations with the new coach? I think I have a hard time kind of kind of putting that into any kind of real mathematical or numerical or anything sense, right? Because I think Barry Trotz, he's one of the best coaches in the league, and it's great that he's the Islanders coach now. But I don't think he's going to necessarily make this team better than it was last year because of how much worse the roster is on paper. So, like, I don't know. If you want to say that a great head coach versus an awful head coach, which is what they've had for the past six years, maybe adds, like, between eight to ten points to your overall season – Losing a 38 goal scoring 85 point center and adding three bottom four bottom six forwards kind of probably cuts you back 10 or 15 points. So I think overall the team's not going to be way better because suddenly Barry Trotz is coach, but defensively is going to help with structure. He's going to help certain guys like Ryan Pollock, Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield develop as young defensemen that have never really had a good system or structure in front of them before. So there's a lot under the surface that Barry Trotz is going to do for this team that I don't think is going to show up on their overall record. Is there a big stinky Anders Lee cloud hanging over this team now? It's, it's tough to say. Um, you know, I, I think they're not going to make the same mistake twice. And that goes for Anders Lee as well as uh, Jordan Eberle who's going to be a free agent after this year. They're not going to let both of those guys go to uh, unrestricted free agency without a deal and without a trade. So I think that I'd be worried if we get to three months from now and we're still not hearing anything on extension, but then I would assume they're being traded. And then if we get to February and I'm not hearing trade rumors and I'm not seeing extension deals, then I'm going to be very, very worried. And that's when the dark cloud becomes like thunder and lightning. So 
as of right now, I can understand the mentality of we're going to see what they can do on this team in this system in this regime before talking extension. But at the same time, it's like you're going to have to know that you either got to lock these guys up, which is a decision you might not want to make with Lee and Everly for for reasons outside of their current production, or you got to trade them immediately. Of the two, which would you prefer to keep, Everly or Lee? Everly, I think. Um, and I get a lot of shit for this opinion, but I'm going to have it anyway. So Anders Lee, by the time he signs his deal next year, let's say he does get extended by the Islanders, right? So he's going to sign July 1st, 2019. He's going to turn 29 two days later. He's a power forward who basically depends on his size and strength to get him everything. He's not a dynamic skater, not really a dynamic shooter, but he's very, very incredibly good at the one thing he does best, which is basically manhandle anybody in front of the net. As he gets starts to get older, starts to put more miles on his body, that's not going to be so easy to do. He's not going to be flinging around Eric Carlson and Chris Letang like he was all of last year when he's 34. So if you're looking to sign a 29-year-old Lee to a, a seven-year, $7.5 million per contract, which he's probably going to garner considering that he's one of the top 10 goal scorers in the NHL each of the last two years, if he touches 35 again this year, he's probably going to get a lot of fucking money for a long time. And he's not – nothing against Lee, who's an incredible player and an incredible person. But he's not the kind of player you commit big money to long-term because you can you consistently see teams getting burned on those kind of deals. I don't know what you're talking about. It's worked out perfectly for the Oilers and Milan Lucic. It's worked out even better for the Islanders and Andrew Ladd. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Islanders oh, are so fun. Uh, it's a great a real tough question. Oh, oh no, you got no, something right? No, I'm just yeah. commenting. It's a great time. Okay. Hell of a time to be alive. Yeah, it's so great. it's great for both of us. We, we've previewed the Devils, the Capitals, the Penguins, and the Blue Jackets so far, and we've asked each guest if they see themselves um, doing as well or better than they did last year. Honored to ask the first time, which one of our teams is going to suck more? Oh, man, it's going to be a fun race for last place in the Metro, isn't it? Ah. Oh. Even though, even though the Islanders finished higher than the Rangers last year, obviously a lot of things have changed this offseason. I just don't see a way potentially that the Islanders are the better team. But that being said, we're still going to beat you guys probably four out of the five times we play because the Rangers just cannot beat the Islanders. I, I don't know why. I think that's really generous that you think we're going to win why. one. Yeah, I know, honestly. <laughs> we, you guys have been kicking our ass for a couple of years now, and I'm, I'm sick of it. And it so, is pretty crazy. So much so that we'll probably see you in person for one January 12th on the Saturday afternoon. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. interesting. Might be doing a little... Uh, a little uh, cross-promotion between cool. some podcasts. Oh, no. Hashtag yeah. save the date question mark. Yeah, kind of. We'll, talk, we'll probably yeah. not sound like two weeks. but um, Yeah, of course. Of course. But well, maybe that's it now. Who cares? But yeah, uh, it's I, I do think we're going to be a better team than you. I, I have us penciled in as seventh, and you guys will be the eighth uh, place team. And you'll get the draft pick that we want. So that's congratulations on that. Yeah, the best part is, though, is that none of us are even going to get the draft pick that we really want because the Ottawa Senators still exist as a franchise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Vancouver Canucks exist and the Detroit Red Wings <laughs> exist. So I, I think uh, this is going to be a constant theme on this podcast. But congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche for great fucking job crushing that Matt Duchesne trade and getting Jack Hughes. Isn't it going to be funny as hell when the Avalanche go to the Western Conference Final and pick first overall? I mean, <laughs> I'm laughing currently. I want to die. You got to love it. You got to love it. If there's anything I know about rebuilds, the best way to do it is trading away your number one overall draft pick. 
That best way to do it. Right. That sounds about right. Any, honestly. Anytime you can do it. Second time of second. Oh, so but the it. second best thing you can do, because obviously that's number one. Number two is trading away one of the best defensemen of all time for a collection of spare parts because you got to restock the farm system, obviously. Well, well, I don't think you get it. He's a bad culture guy. He's oh, really right, not right, bringing a right. lot to the locker room and to the team. I mean, what, you really could place that guy with two, replace him with two other players and you'll get the same production. It's just simple math. I mean, Dylan DeMello plus Chris Tierney greater than Eric Carlson. I'm just saying. Mathematically, I mean, it checks look, out. There are two players. Yeah. Traded one. Senators won that trade. Two. And again, hot takes today, but two is bigger than one. It is. And the sad thing is, I think Josh Hosang would have been the best player involved in that trade. You know what? I. Uh... I, I'm 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 oh, I, as a person now. I'm over I'm over the stage in my life where I look at other teams making trades and try to compare it to what like my favorite team could have made. Oh, no. Holy holy shit, that's exhausting. Nope, I do it all the time. I am older than you, and it is still part of my life. I used to. I, I think I burned myself out on it. It's tough. I think it's because you and and half of Ryan are Yankee fans, mm. so good shit just happens to you all the time. If you were a Met fan and you were seeing trades happen. The entire time, just be like, well, that means we'd probably trade, like, Pete Alonzo, and would I do that? And I don't know. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's psychological gymnastics I do every day. Yeah, and it's always, like, you got to think about it just to have something to think about other than how goddamn bad the team is sometimes. You're going you're gonna to experience this year with the Islanders. I'm really excited for you. Oh, this year? Buddy, I've been experiencing this my entire life outside of, like, a season and a half. I'm used to this shit. I'm, I'm primed for this shit. <laughs> I was born in it, Greg. I mean, honestly, like the uh, Bane quote, you guys adopted the darkness. I was born into it. There's, there, there's a part of me that just wants to know, honestly, what is the best case scenario this year for the Islanders? Because we, we know what the worst case scenario is, but I need to know what the absolute realistic best case scenario is for this team. The the absolute, like, and this is even me being wildly, wildly optimistic is Robin Leonard plays out of his mind under a, a new coaching staff with, with you know, Mitch Korn, goaltending guru, and the Islanders end up as like a sixth seed in the East and get bounced in the second round. That's like the best case scenario if everything goes right. Yeah, and we yeah. just, it's just, Leo Komarov is going to prevent that from Leo happening. Leo Komarov. Oh. Oh, how many hat tricks I mean, does he have this year? Two, three? Eleven, probably. <laughs> I mean, okay. They're, they're, the third line for the Islanders, and this is in the National Hockey League, is probably going to be Leo Komarov, Valtteri Filipula, Tom Kuhnhockel. I just want to remind you uh, that Filipula also has a full no-trade clause. Yeah, I, I can't – right. I, again, I, w- I would love to have seen the negotiation where some other team was offering Filipula the vet minimum like, and no other clauses on his contract. And Lou rolled up and is like, one year, two and a half, full no trade clause. And Val was like, fuck yeah, that's 10 times better than anybody else would consider for me. Yeah, here's how that conversation goes. Lou brings him into the, the general manager's office and goes, Valley, I'm thinking about giving you a one-year deal. Valley goes, I accept. He's like, how's about two and a half million dollars? Philip was like, I already said I accepted. All right, <laughs> you drive a hard bargain. Here's a no trade clause. And at some, yeah. at some point, Phil Pillow just goes, we're – is this a joke? Yeah, great. Oh, yeah, guys. No, I said yes, dude. We were good. Well, how do you think the the Leo Komarov negotiation went? Hey, Leo, I want to sign you. Oh, what? One year, one and a half. I was thinking four years. Four. 
Lou, this is Leo Komarov. You know that, right? You want to give me four years. I bet it was something like that. Leo, Leo was probably talking to Lou about his kids. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm really looking to move into the States. I really want to send my kid to a good four-year college. <laughs> I really get that. And Lou, all Lou heard was four years. And he was like, yeah. well, that's what it's going to take. Yeah, here's four years. Yeah, the next day he was like, Leo Komarov, four years. I don't know. I'm just in my head now. Like Putting in a calculator, he was like, is this value? And he like shook his eight ball. <laughs> he was like, it is value? Oh, wow. Can't Magic eight ball down. said ask again later, and he just forgot to ask again. <laughs> I think, I think the, what, he, what he thought was ask again later was, do, does that mean five years? Yeah, really. Like, like ask Leo, for, ask Leo for probably, more money? Leo probably had to negotiate down from the seven-year offer Lou gave him <laughs> just because he doesn't want to commit that long-term day. He's like, I don't want to play until I'm 38, Lou. We got to talk about this. <laughs> I oh, love man. the Islanders. The Islanders are going to make my season more enjoyable just by existing. Yeah, you know what? Well, Misery loves company, and we'll kind of be right there together. I, I, yeah, I think uh, we're also going to be a really be, terrible team. This will actually probably be the most intense year of the Islanders-Rangers rivalry in a while because they're both going to be, for the first time, really kind of in a long time on almost exactly even playing ground in terms of how good the teams are. The difference is they're both going to be like 75 point teams though. <laughs> the, does it hurt you at all that, and you could disagree with this take by all means, because it's just, like I said, safe space. Mm. Uh, does it bother you at all that the Rangers are rebuilding at the same time? And there seems to be a plan. I, and I hate to say this, but I, it, it's true. I am so goddamn jealous of that letter you guys got from your GM about, hey, just so you know, we're not very good, so we're going to rebuild so we can be very good. And instead, I had to have, like listen to Garth Snow blow steam up the world's ass, and now I got to hear Lou Lamarillo just say shit like, you know, Josh Hosang isn't playing because he had a clean slate, but things that I've heard about his past are keeping him off this roster. Like, oh my god, I... Lou is giving the Islanders fans an unmatched level of transparency and honesty that they haven't seen from a front office in 30 years. But I would just love for him to say, hey, we're going to rebuild because this isn't a good team. That's all I want. Yeah, I think the difference between the Rangers and the Islanders is the Rangers know they suck. The Islanders think they're good. I just I, I think part of it is still perception, though, right? Because the Rangers, as an historic franchise, can come out and say like, Hey, we're gonna do. We're we're not doing well. We're gonna do better. If the Islanders fucking put out a letter that was like, "Hey, we blow chunks and we're gonna work on it," everyone would be like, "Ha ha ha! These guys suck. They've sucked for a long time, and none of the rebuilds have worked." Ha ha ha! So I, it's yeah, like, here's here's my thing. Here's my thing about that. As a Met fan, I wish my ownership would just say, "You know what? We're fucking up, and we're gonna try and stop fucking up now." Yeah. I, the the whole notion that rebuilds don't work in New York, they do. We're very smart people. We know what it takes to be good. Right. Just like admit that you suck and get better. That's the thing, right? There's a line between oh, New York or New York fans won't tolerate losing versus New York fans can see if you say, here's our plan to win in three years, they'll be like, Yeah, fuck yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I, I the similarities between the Mets and the Islanders breaks my heart. So I know. I'm just happy I have the Rangers. Oh, and you should man. just be happy it that is. you have the Yankees. It is rough. Thank God for the Yankees, like Joe DiMaggio once said. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your misery with us. Hopefully, uh, we'll end up seeing you soon. And maybe we can, after we, Rangers Islanders shit fest, uh, we, we can come on and brag who lost. Yeah, it would be five, five rounds of the toilet bowl this year, I think. Oh, man, what a fucking year. All right, dude, plug your oh, stuff yeah. in and we'll get out of here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Two Turtle Duffs and uh, Gotham Sports Network, my site, uh, at GothamSN on Twitter, GothamSN.com. 
And if you're an Islander fan listening to this, first of all, I'm sorry for all the misery. Uh, and second of all, check out PT Isles podcast on SoundCloud, the App Store, and Google Play. Wait, I have a question. You own Gotham Sports Network? Uh, I do not. I write for it. And you said, I you, think... you said my website. I was like, oh, interesting. Oh, it's what you know. It's partly my site you know ethan and julian are the owners but i i do it sometimes so ethan what a fucking nerd right am what i a right what a total is. What a... no one likes that guy all right absolutely not all right man we're out here peace out thanks a lot guys and we're back with our guest of the day we have rebecca russo you are playing for the riveters this season this is your uh fourth year with the team am i wrong in saying that probably third year third year i was I close <laughs> off to a hot start here um, you are the reigning champion currently in the NWHL. What's it like going to the season, knowing that you kind of have to try and maintain that greatness and keep your dominance? Uh, it's actually really exciting. I mean, um, last year I thought we had a target on our back because, um, you know, we went three fourths of the season undefeated. Um, you know, we brought a lot of girls back from the past from season two to season three season three to season four so I mean we're really excited I mean we've had a few practices here and there and we know what we have to do and um it's exciting going into the season as defending champs because it just it makes us want to win more and I want to two-peat we all want to two-peat so it's an exciting time of year obviously hockey season's back and you know last season um we did win but we kind of have to put that in the past and focus on the season ahead. Rebecca, as someone who has never won a championship at any level of little league or anything like that, speak for yourself. Uh, how do you how do you guys battle complacency? How how do you how do you keep that mindset of we got to the top of the mountain, now this is my summit and I want to keep it? I just think knowing what the feeling was winning. Um, you know, I have won a lot of championships in my life. I won national championship at Shattuck back in 2011. I mean, I've won even softball titles back in the day, but knowing how that felt, winning the Isabel Cup, and it, it was just the cherry on top for myself as a female athlete getting to this point of being a professional athlete. It just, I love that feeling, and we all love that feeling. I love, I always love to win, and the Riveters, we love to win as well. So, I mean, knowing that feeling, it, I just, we just want to be on top always. So I think that's our mindset going into this season. And we want to be on top and we want to win again because we want to raise that cup again at the end of the year in March. Who would you say right now is your biggest competition in the league? Uh, Buffalo, for sure. I mean, we all see who they signed. Um, and they have an f- incredible team. Um, you know, they just played Connecticut yesterday. But, I mean, I would say Buffalo's on the top, but so is Minnesota, so is Boston, so is Connecticut. I mean, you play each other four times a year. Um, you know, it, it kind of is your rival. Um, maybe Buffalo a little more just because we beat him in the championship. But um, all four teams, excuse me, all five, including us, look incredible this year. So I know it's going to be a tough season. Definitely some ups and downs. Um, but I'm excited. How, how is the league feeling? Any time a league expands, I feel like there's a little bit extra excitement, not just from um, – the fan base because obviously there are more opportunities to watch more players, but is there also excitement within the dressing room? NWHL is gaining a lot of momentum right now. Expansion is never a bad thing. Is the, is, has there been a better time to be a women's hockey player in the U S right now? I think 
you know, we're, we're up there. And I don't think we've hit our peak because I know we have so much more to do, so much more to grow, so much, so much more to succeed as women's professional athletes in the NWHL. That includes the CWHL as well. We have a long way to go in women's hockey. And the fact that we're season four in the NWHL and the amount we've grown is just, it's crazy to look at. I mean, look at me back in 2012 when I went into BU. I thought it was four years of college and that was it. So it just speaks wonders of how far this league has gone. And it's exciting that Minnesota joined with us. I mean, I went to Shattuck St. Mary's out in Minnesota. I was out there for the All-Star game. It's amazing to be there at Tree Arena. It's a gorgeous rink. Um, it's just exciting. We're growing. We're doing big things. We're g- gaining that momentum. And people are starting to notice us. You know, you, I was on the street walking down with the Isabel Cup, and people know who we are. Not everyone, but the people that do, it's exciting because we're growing. Um, so it's an exciting time. It's year four, and I know that it's just going to get better and better. What's what f- was uh, what, how, was there a lot of interaction between the – I know you mentioned going to BU. Um, was there a lot of interaction between the men's and women's program while you were there? Slash, do you have any fun David Quinn stories? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, going to Boston University was obviously the – greatest four years of my life I wish I could go back um but being at BU and it kind of being you know hockey being number one there just because we weren't a big 10 school we didn't have you know Penn State or Wisconsin those football teams so it was kind of the hockey team and um especially with the men's and women's hockey team we were really close and especially my class class of 2016 we were crazy close and we were close as friends and, you know, we got hockey advice and all that kinds of stuff. But um, I don't think I have any funny stories of Coach Quinn. I mean, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, going back from BU, he's kind of a mentor um, throughout my four years there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I loved BU and it was a great time there. What would you say the fan support has been like the last couple of years? Have you noticed the growth in the fandom? Have you got like the diehards? Are there specific chants in the arena now as the league has grown? Yeah. I mean, season, my first season, I thought we had a great fan base. Um, and last year, my second season, it was even better. Um, you know, that being said, the Isabel Cup finals, luckily we were first seed, so we were able to host. It was a sold out crowd, standing room only. It was incredible, plus 90,000 viewers on Twitter. Like, that that speaks volumes. Like, that that's insane. And our fans, I know each team, each person from each team is going to say we have the best fans, but I really am convinced that the Riveters have an incredible fan base. And, you know, hats off to the Devils. You know, they're our partners now, um, going into season two with them as our partners, and they've done a great job on social media and hosting us at their arena in a suite, putting us on the Jumbotron, promoting our games at the Jumbotron. I mean, they've done an incredible job of joining the women's hockey movement. And, you know, I'm honored to, you know, play in that beautiful rink at Barnabas and to be their partners and we get to go to games. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the Devils now because they're part of our family and it's an exciting time. We're not like big fans of them, but I get it, and I appreciate them supporting you. <laughs> uh, we we know Keith Kincaid pretty well, so please feel free to give him shit. At yeah, all please times. be like Keith. I met two guys. They said fuck you. Is that okay? 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, Keith's a good guy. We love him. Um, is there some expectation you have for this season, like one personal goal that you're looking to uh, obtain? I mean, every year I like to set new goals and try to, you know, I know it's not about the points and it's not, um, but you know, I want to beat my point total, stuff like that little stuff. But um, I just want to, you know, continue to grow as a hockey player. I mean, I've been playing since the age of three, I'm 24 years old now, and I just continue to get better and I continue to learn. Um, I had Chad as a coach for two years and it was sad to see him go, but coach Randy now, I'm excited to learn new stuff from him and for him to look at me as a player and tell me what I have to do better. Um, so my expectations, I have, I always have high expectations in anything I do, whether it's sports or, you know, my work or life itself. I always set high expectations and I like to reach that. And if I don't reach that, then I kick myself in the butt and try to reach it even more. So um, expectations of this year for myself um, is, you know, to continue to have a great season, another great season, and, you know, us as a team to win. Is there any, I don't want to use the word fear, because I know that's not the right word to use. Is there any trepidation about having a brand new coach come in for the defending champion team? Is there any worry that it might, I don't want to say, on like unsettle the locker room, but it is it excitement that a new coach is coming in with new ideas and can, reinvigorate the team to fight harder and get back to the cup or is there do you think there's any sort of worry that well we we got to this point with our old coach and now we're kind of starting from scratch uh no not at all there's not one worry in our locker room right now um the the fantastic thing about the riveters um my third season and coming back we bring over we bring back over i don't even know the percentage i'd have to probably look it up but we bring over 60% of our team back. So from season one to season two, I joined season two, so I only know the last three seasons. We have brought back mostly our entire team. So there's zero fear of the new coach. Um, you know, we, we're a very close-knit team, and I think that's what makes us so special and how that transpires on the ice and why we're so good and why we're so successful is because we're friends outside the ice. And I know we only practice twice a week, game on the weekend, um, but we do spend a lot of time with each other. We all live in the tri-state area in New Jersey, New York. Um, you know, we're going out to dinners together. We're hanging out at each other's houses. We're doing activities together. So there's no worry at all um, now that we have a new coach. I mean, Chad did a fantastic thing for the Riveters, you know, season one being the last place team and season three champions. Um, so it's an excitement. We're all excited for Coach Randy to be here. He's excited. Um, these last few practices, I've gotten to know him a little bit, and I, I love him. And I'm excited, and he knows that we're excited to have him, and he knows how close-knit we are. So um, I know it's going to be a great season, and there's definitely no worries at all. You sound like you guys are like have a really close-knit locker room. Is there anyone in particular that stands out as a leader during this season? I mean, you can ask that to any hockey team, and I think it's it's all of us. I mean, we have lost a few players and um, that didn't come back, but we gained, you know, some new players. There's only a few of them, but all of us veterans that have been there for three years now, and Packer and Kira, who have now been there for four, you know, we're all we're all a family, and we're all leading by example 
in different ways. Um, it sounds cliche, but we're all leaders, and it's the truth. Um, there's not one person who I, on my mind that I can't think of a, as a leader because everyone leads in their own way, and it, it might be something small, but that's leading in the right direction, and that's going to lead us to success in the end. What was the best thing you did with the cup when you had it for a day? Did you go Ovechkin-level party with it, or did you, was it a little bit more mellow? Uh, so with the Isabel Cup, we actually get it for four or five days. Oh, okay, no. So, yeah. So I got it uh, Thursday night, um, took the day off on Friday, went to my elementary school to visit my favorite fifth grade teacher, Mr. Von Euler. Shout out. And from there, I went to my middle school, visited my favorite gym teacher, Mr. Lyons, and showed it to the, the kids. I had a huge school assembly at my elementary school with 400 plus kids they did a powerpoint presentation all this good stuff and i visited my gym ben prentice um who trains all the nhl guys back in connecticut and then on saturday i had this (laughs) i had this big party at my house bunch of friends bunch of family my old coaches um deb placey came kenny albert came uh bootsy came so it was a big it was a huge celebration um and it was just it was amazing. I did this thing. I thought of myself and obviously my family helped it out with me, but I made a clothesline because it was in my backyard and it was from left to right, every single jersey I've ever worn. Oh, that's awesome. Starting from my my mites, all the way ranging from when I lived in Canada, played with Tom Wilson on North Toronto from boarding school to, you know, Shattuck St. Mary's to BU and then my Riveters all-star jersey and my current Riveters championship jersey. So it was amazing to have the cup. And I, you know, I, I want to do that again. So that's what my motivation is. You know, I was able to share it with my family and my friends and people who I love and people who've got me there. Like my coaches from my youth hockey teams were there. So it was an amazing couple of days. I brought it into work. So um, it was unbelievable. I'm really speechless to talk about it because it was so special and it meant the world to me that everyone wanted to celebrate with me and I could share it with my family who got me to this point. So the one thing we're going to fight about, and this is very inside baseball. And if you're not, if people aren't from Westport, Connecticut, they're not going to understand this. Cool. Six uh, people. Coley, <laughs> Coley town or Bedford for taking it back to school. Bedford middle school, baby. Go there. We go. All right. I was, we're friends. So does that, does that also make <laughs> you long lots or Kings highway for elementary? Things, I went to, um, I went to Kings highway up until second grade. Um, and then I moved to Canada, uh, partially because of uh, 9-11. My father was in it. Uh, luckily, he's alive. But we moved out of Connecticut to Canada. And then when I got back, I went to Saugatuck Elementary School. And that's where I took the cup. Saugatuck was – I don't even think Saugatuck was around when I was a kid. No, it – I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it was new. I mean um, – Greg, you're so old. Gorgeous man. school. I, yeah, I'm five, I'm five years older than Rebecca, so I, I feel ancient. It's another generation. You, you said Mr. Lyons, and I was like, that's a name I don't recognize. I don't Re- know what to tell you. Rebecca, I did some really deep research and looked at your Wikipedia and said you worked at the MLB Network. What did you end up doing there? Uh, so I was – that was my first job out of college. Um, I started there right out of college a month after, and I kind of worked in the logging production department. Do you so oh. it was a job. Um, Chris Russo actually helped me get – Got my resume on the right table. Um, But that was an amazing job opportunity. I was there for a year. Um, I now work in fashion in the garment district in Manhattan. But 
Um, I met a lot of good people there, um, you know, became close with Jamie Hirsch and Kevin Weeks and all the baseball guys. So um, it was an honor to work there. Um, you know, the hours were a little tough working until um, 2, 3 a.m. Um, while also playing hockey. Um, but, I mean, I, I love what I do now, but that was an amazing opportunity for my first job. Of course. Did you have to, like, uh, change your fandom, or who do you root for now, actually? Um, so I worked for MLB Network and then switched over to NHL Network. Um, you can't really be on the computer with a favorite team. I mean, I am a New York Yankees fan. Um, nice I grew up a Yankees fan for my father. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's my baseball fan, but it was always fun watching the games and then hockey, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Um, the devil's in the Rangers. So, um, it was an exciting, you know, exciting job. It was, you know, I played hockey and, um, everyone was very supportive of my end of show, So it was cool. Awesome. Yeah, well, no, one, no one's perfect when it comes to baseball. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Neither are the Mets. Um, Rebecca, thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to uh, plug some of your social media or places people can find you throughout the season? And uh, you, you're going to be able to watch every game on Twitter again, right? Yeah. So we continue to sign Twitter deals. And um, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great aspect of social media where people can just tune right in. Like I said, our Isabel Cup finals had 90,000 viewers. So that just speaks wonders on, you know, who was tuning in. Could it have been for five minutes? Maybe, but a lot of people watch that full game. So um, it's an exciting time of year. And, you know, social media is playing a huge factor in the success of this league. Awesome. And opening night only two weeks away? The sixth, I believe? Uh, opening, yeah, uh, two weeks next weekend. We're up in Minnesota, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm, I'm pumped. Awesome. We'll, it's hard to believe that hockey season's already here. That's nuts to me. We'll be making sure to know, tweet right? tweet out uh, the the game if we can the day it comes out. If you guys want to check it out, you can check out our Twitter. You'll find Rebecca's Twitter there too. We'll probably retweet her stuff. Uh, Rebecca, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great season. All right. You too. Bye bye. Hey, thanks so much for Rebecca coming on, uh, and also Duffy. Those were great interviews. Uh, Got to say, some of our best work with Rebecca there. Nice job. I uh, none of us. Rebecca did all the all the heavy leg work. Yeah, I asked, a, I asked a few questions. Existed. I did nothing. We uh, we we very much just we like giving people platforms and letting them make us sound good. Like, like we know what we're talking about when we don't. Yeah, it's incredible how I feel like everyone we bring on to this podcast is so oh much God. smarter than us, and especially Cody, me. Cody McLeod got an assist. I'm not excited did he? about oh, it. Cody McLeod's gonna make this fucking team. I know he is. And you see his fight, right? It wasn't really a fight. He checked the guy that was already on the ground. I know. Hey, real, real quick before we get out of here, how do you feel about uh, MSG kind of replacing a bunch of people? I don't want to get into the politics of it or anything like that. I don't, well, really I, don't, I, don't I don't know the politics of it. I don't um, really care. I, I mean, they replaced uh, Amanda Borges as a notable. Uh, obviously, Ron Duguay. Uh, Matt, was, Matt Callum, yeah. Uh, the Duguay one. It was coming. I'll just say it. I, I love Valley. I think Valley had good chemistry with Ron. But I think Valley has good chemistry with anyone, and I, I prefer to have someone sit next to him that can provide a more informed opinion. Agree. I don't think Ron Duguay provided an informed opinion. I think Ron did a fine job. I don't think he was terrible. He was kind of entertaining at some points, but I think he echoed back a lot of what Valley was saying. Um, and yeah, I, I, think, I, I, I prefer. I, I like it where it was kind of I, look. I com, I compare everything to the fucking Mets, right? You absolutely do. But there's Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez play off each other, and they challenge each other. I want someone next to Valley that can challenge him a little bit. Well, I, isn't that what we always want? We want people who can challenge no, each other? I, I, I just don't think Duguay did that. And no. th- that's that's politics politics aside. 
everybody, you, you don't need us to tell you that Ron Duguay said stupid fucking things about women's hockey last year. We all know. But even when he wasn't saying stupid fucking things about women's hockey, I don't think he really added anything of substance no. that made those half intermission reports better. And he's a legendary Ranger, of course, but I, I think the Rangers are trying to go in a new direction all around, not just... Yeah. Uh, and um, I think Amanda did a great job at what they are, but I think, again, I think they're trying to go a different direction. I don't think there was any bad blood there whatsoever. No, and I think the same thing with uh, Matt Calamia. I think both... I, I, I think both did great. I, I preferred both to the people they replaced. I just... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm perfectly fine with an NHL team after two years saying doesn't hurt to get a new, new voice or a new look in here. Maybe someone with a different idea. I, I would have loved it if they both came back. This is by no means oh, a yeah. slight on either of them. I loved everything they were doing at the same time. If MSG thinks that they want to mix it up a little bit, yeah. I'm excited to see how they try, mix it up. Trying to add a little more spice into their life. Is yeah. Like, why not? Try it. It's not my business. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, maybe hire like two random podcasters who, you know, do like a podcast about the Rangers every week, maybe. For I promise week. not to swear as much. Yeah, I, as much. I can't. As promise. much. Totally as cursed much. during the Rebecca interview on accident. Didn't realize. Uh, I had. I, you said I did, and I had no idea. Yeah, you said shit, and I said fuck right back to back. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and after I said it, I laughed awkwardly, and I was like, oh man, I'm really assholes. I uh, honestly had. It, it's at a point now where words come out of my mouth, and I don't know even what they mean. Yeah, what is happening to us? Uh, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. October 13th is the meetup game. Our good friend Dan is hosting it. Message us on Twitter if you want any details on that. And uh, Greg, anything you want to add? I will cry like a baby this Saturday night. If you want to see me cry, just go to City Field. Pay a lot of money to do it, though. Yeah, a lot. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Bushers Break. I've been Twittering more at Orion Mead, and I love you all. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.